you are now entering the world of a movie review. A world full of drama, joy, ridicule, movie spoilers, unpopular opinions, and adult humor for as far as the eye can see. Welcome to an evening at the movies. to your favorite movie-based podcast. This is An Evening at the Movies. I am your um, underworked and overappreciated host, KSTB. And as you all know, um, like I said last night when we recorded, uh, stale popcorn, watered-down sodas, favorite movies, why we love them, all that jazz. Um, And it literally just dawned on me while I was listening to that intro, um, even when my lobster is not here, she's always here because every episode we always get to hear her dulcet tones introduce the premise of the entire show to us. So go figure. So even when she's not here, she's always here. She's like a bad penny, but we love her. So with all of that said, I have some guests to introduce, so I'm going to put the the one off because you know, fuck all with his eagles. Um, but um, making her day. No, I digress. I'm going to make him actually do some work. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to introduce Papa Palpatine himself, and I'm going to put him to work and have him introduce the second guest because. He's got a lot more knowledge of the second guest than I do. So, welcome back to the show, Papa Palpatine. What's up? It feels like it has been forever since we've done this. Yeah, it's been at least 24 hours and like seven minutes. <laughs> right. But like, but, like 22 and a half hours, because we, we got a little little verbose yesterday, but that was, that was a good show. <laughs> Waiting to... It, it was, and like I told my plobster last night after we got done recording i'm like wow we literally recorded for like an hour and 20 minutes and probably only spent 10 minutes talking about the actual movie that we were supposed to be talking about it was better that way that yes bad. <laughs> uh, Casey really and I agreed with you. yeah it uh nostalgia did not uh did not save that movie <laughs> no and um amanda um confirmed our ratings too as well because i kind of spoiled it for her and told her what we rated the movie and she's like yeah it was probably about a two out of five or two and a half out of five yep so um would you like to introduce our other guest uh well well let me do my my, my plug um well okay yeah or you, you want to do... save that till the end I mean, you'll get a chance. Even if we do it now, you'll still get a chance at the end. So, so yeah, I'm I, I'm Chris Cole. I'm a semi-frequent collaborator as of late uh, with with Casey here, host of the One Step Paintball podcast, where we talk about the culture, the history, and the sport of paintball itself. And with us tonight for her evening at the movies debut, or as they say in Washington, the debut, is my <laughs> lovely, amazing wife Cassandra. As we talk about her favorite movie of all time uh, and, and a movie that once we both realized we were fans of uh, like kind of, kind of helped kickstart the relationship, I think. So uh, really looking forward to doing this one. We've had this on the books for a while. 
uh, fate was not in our favor, but now we are back to finally uh, do this this yeah. great, great bit of cinema. So this is definitely not one plus one plus two plus one. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyway, I second Chris's welcome. So welcome, Cassandra, to the show. It has definitely been a long time coming. We've wanted to have you on the show for a while, and we finally got you here, and we're happy to have you here. Right. Got my favorite movie. Yay. Well, I mean, it's never fun to actually talk about movies that are crap. Like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. That was just bad. No, you're, you're right. No, I mean, <sighs> I think we're trying to avoid talking about that movie. Because... Okay, I'll stop, because we want to devote our yeah, time no, this to the be a happy episode. Movie. Yeah, no, no. No, what I, what I was trying to get to is, you're right, and, and we spent probably 75% of last night's episode not talking about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think just that little bit that Cassandra just said was probably just about the amount of time we spent talking about. <laughs> really <laughs> should be the tagline for the whole damn episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so I scheduled that episode to release. This is all kind of mute, moot because by the time this episode actually airs, it'll have been about a month since that episode yeah. aired. But, um, so right after we got done recording, I downloaded everything and I scheduled it to release and I was writing up like the show notes and the plot description or the description for the episode and all of that. And I made sure to reference the fact that, um, yay. another this is, you know, our evening at the movies episode where Chris and I do our yearly rant and discussion about the college football playoffs, football in general, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and we briefly talk about, the program for a couple yeah, of minutes. the movie too, yeah. So, just so yeah. that the fans don't tune in expecting, you know, an hour and a half of us discussing <laughs> the movie. Like, what the hell? Are you people going to quit talking about talking about the movie? Podcast? I mean, the episode has more dialogue than the movie did. Um, <laughs> more meaningful and, dialogue, sure. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, this episode has had more meaningful dialogue than that movie did. <laughs> Okay, we're going to quit talking about that movie. Yeah, we got to quit talking episode, about we're gonna, it. We're going to move on. <laughs> we're going to well, move on. We got to stop. Oh, One geez. last thought. At least the dialogue in both of these episodes is better synced than the dialogue that ever came out of freaking Alvin Mack's mouth during the football sequences in that movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. And moving on. And moving on. <laughs> um, for those of you who do not know. Um, We're going to be discussing the um, amazingly funny epic satire sci-fi satire Galaxy Quest. So uh, before um, do you want to do your movie phone? Oh, do I? (laughs) I mean, you kind of sort of spoiled it last night when you said you had epicness for this so yeah um we're having to do this in a separate room because i don't need her 
cackling loudly beside me and and throwing me off. So, uh, sweetheart, if you would mute yourself, um, um, whilst I do this, uh, let me get a drink of agua, moisten the cords a little bit. Damn it, Amanda's not here for moisten. I mean, I could text her right now and tell her to get her ass on the computer, and we could take two that whole line. Just to nah, it's you know how much. She... Okay. Plus, she hasn't done the fucking homework. All right, here we go. So I'm thinking this one's going to take about thirty-three seconds, give or take. I have to get my stop clock ready. So and away we go. Go. The ragtag and trepid crew of the NSEA protector, led by Peter, 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 Quincy, 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 Tiger, 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 goes on an epic mission to save people they didn't even know existed because they didn't know they existed. Starring Sigourney Weaver, that guy from NCIS New Orleans, Tony Shalhoub. Alan Rickman. What's his nuts from Home Improvement? We have the guys playing the guys dressed as some other guys. It's Star Trek, the motion picture-er. You were pretty fucking close. How close? There was a little, there was a little bit of a lag at the beginning. I, I think I hit the start button right, probably about a second and a half before. So I'll shave a second and a half off. You're you ran about three seconds longer than what you thought. Yeah, I kind of brain farted there on some of the names. Nah, it's okay. It was actually an epic introduction. <laughs> so um, before we get to the, well, obviously great job as well because we all love when Chris does the movie phone introduction. Almost more than we love it when Amanda does her 90-second pizza clock. But we still love Amanda and her pizza clock challenge. So, um, And I had to throw in the self-echoing Peter Quincy Taggart. It, it had to be yeah. done. Guy. God damn it, <laughs> yeah. I forgot Sam Rockwell. Okay, anyway, sorry. <laughs> oh, well. uh, let's him. see. So Galaxy Quest released on Christmas Day, 1999. It was directed by Dean Parasot, I guess. Um, it was released by DreamWorks Pictures, had a $45 million budget, and only made $90.7 million at the box office. Hmm. Now comes the fun part and the paradoxical fun fact that I found. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. Would you both like to wager a guess as to what the Rotten Tomato score is? I have both numbers, the tomato meter and the audience meter. So, 82. if you would like to wager. Oh, Chris? I'm going to go with like 65 because this movie is, is very misunderstood. It's very epic. I love it. Uh, absolutely. So, the actual tomato meter being the critic, review um on 130 
Metacritic reviews got a 90%. 90. So. I was a little low. You were closer than your husband was. Oh, yeah. Um, now, the one that really threw me off, because normally the numbers don't go this way, but on 100,000 audience member reviews, 79%. I was very close so to that one. The audience was <clears throat> definitely lower on their meter than the critics were. They're just wrong. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Can I say the line? Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously. Fuck go ahead. Tomatoes. <laughs> I mean, it goes without saying, and it really needs to be like, I know there's ways of doing it because um, Dre and Amanda and all of them know better how to use the stream yard than I do, but I really should have like the sports line ticker across the bottom of my screen that literally just says fuck Rotten Tomatoes over and over and over again <laughs> for the whole show. Especially since, you know, we do release the video on the YouTube as well. That way people can still not only hear us say fuck Rotten Tomatoes because Rotten Tomatoes is hot garbage, but they can see it scroll across the bottom of their screen for the better part of however long we discuss a movie for. So, um, if you want to watch Galaxy Quest online. Unfortunately for you, it is, for anybody, it is not freely streaming anywhere. You're going to have to spend $379 to $399 and rent it. Travesty. On I know, right? You would think such a great movie would always be streaming everywhere. Especially, consider, especially considering some of the actual other stuff that um, I found leading up to our discussion that I wanted to bring up too. Um, like we flew in, to Houston to see it. So. In 2012, uh, Galaxy Quest was included in Reader's Digest top 100 plus funniest movies of all time. Very cool. So, I mean, really, Reader's Digest? Not, you know, movies, but evidently they know movies, so. Um, and then in 2013, Star Trek fans actually voted it one of the seven best Star Trek films of all time. Well, out, yeah, of the, out of the 12 movies that had been released to that point. So. It doesn't take much to be better than Star Trek V. Uh, yeah, I've, <laughs> seen, I've also seen fan films better than Nemesis, so. Oh, I forgot about Nemesis, yeah. I mean. I'm kind of curious to know if you guys have an opinion as to what the five would be that were worse. You mean besides five, five and Nemesis? And Nemesis. There's two right there. So, so yeah, that would be <laughs> three left. Uh, Generations? Yeah, Generations wasn't good. Um, first Contact? I liked First Contact. Mm. Oh, sorry, not First Contact. Um... The other one, the one where they're trying to save the planet with the young people. Oh yeah, yeah. uh, that's not first contact. That's uh, insurrection. Insurrection, yeah. 
That so we killed five twice. Either. I mean, just... <laughs> wait, there was twelve I... movies at that point. So there's 12. six, ten. That's what. Uh, we that would also count... there... unless you can't the Kelvin movies. Yeah, I didn't even think of the Kelvin ones. There, there are six original cast. There's four next gen movies, and then three Kelvin movies. Right? Am I missing anything? No, there's. That's it. I like the Kelvin, uh, especially the first two Kelvin movies. The third one wasn't as great, but yeah, I'm just glad none of the, neither of the two of you threw my ultimate favorite Star Trek movie of all time under the bus. Number four. That would be the one. Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. It's First not... of all, Wrath of Khan is the best. End of fucking discussion. Well, that's obvious. I I like Into Darkness, sort of taking... too. Yeah, Into Darkness. It's kind of like Wrath of Khan 1.5. 1.5. I wasn't throwing the JJ movies into the mix, but... Yeah, fair. Wrath of Khan is the obvious choice as number one. It's the only I way think... I can watch Moby Dick. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Search for Spock and Voyage Home, though, after that, were probably my number two and number three. Yeah. I like First Contact. First Contact was good. Yeah. I, like I mean, you it. had the Cochrane moments, but the rest of the movie was... Well, that's well, what I'm basing it on. The Cochrane yeah. stuff, I didn't... Yeah. God, I was so mad in Generations when they crashed the Enterprise saucer section and Riker was still alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh oh. So I did come up with another ingenious new game to play because of the fact that we have like the whole thing with um this being ranked voted on by Star Trek fans as one of the seven best Star Wars film or Star Wars. Oh my god, that'll get me killed at freaking Comic-Con. Star Trek films yeah, of all time. You don't fuck around and say, mix the two names up. That, ooh, Stargate. Be fighting words. <laughs> so I have actually a couple of quotes from, from the movie. Uh, if I could find them exactly, but evidently they want. To... Oh, I know what. I have a bunch of freaking. So I have, like I said, quotes from different people from the franchise. I'm going to read the quote and give you both a chance to see if you can guess which Star Trek alumnus said the quote. So are we ready? Do it. Uh, okay, that well, we'll go with the obvious one right off the bat. Um, I loved Galaxy Quest, I thought it was a brilliant satire not only of Trek but of fandom in general. The only thing I wish they had done was cast me in it and have me play a freaky fanboy who keeps screaming at the actor who played the kid about how awful it was that there was a kid on the spaceship. Alas, Will fucking Wheaton. 
I mean, I guess I kind of sort of spoiled that with the whole it's the obvious one. Uh, I think you're see. muted again, babe. I can hear you, but I don't think Casey can hear you. No, I can't. He cannot hear you. Be sure to turn it off and back on again. How's that? There we go. Now I can hear you. That was weird. Everything said it was unmuted, and it wasn't. I know. Stupid technology. Right. Um, I'll let your wife guess the next one, because the next one is almost just as obvious as the last one. Um, I thought it was very funny, and I thought the audience that they portrayed was totally real, but the actors that they were pretending to be were totally unrecognizable. Certainly, I don't know what Tim Allen was doing. He seemed to be the head of a group of actors, and for the life of me, I was trying to understand who he was imitating. The only one I recognized was the girl who played Nichelle Nichols. Mm. I'm going to go with Toupee Man. Toupee <laughs> fair. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Because that is egotistical enough to be fucking Shatner to think that they were trying to I don't know to what he them. was doing, yeah. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Fair, yeah. Makes sense. And Toupee Man is the correct answer. Yeah. Uh, let's see. And last one. I had originally not wanted to see Galaxy Quest because I heard it was making fun of Star Trek. And then... Jonathan Frakes rang me up and said, you must not miss yeah. this movie. Yeah. We know this one. I mean, yeah, we do. Both could probably get it from Yeah. Yeah, we know this one. Considering the line, you must not miss. I mean, only one other real Star Trek. Well, you could have you blanked Frakes out and we still would have gotten we it. We've heard this one. quote from, from Sir yeah. Patrick before. Yeah. Sir so, Patrick. all at once, one, two, three. Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, none of, I mean, Patrick Stewart, William Shatner, even Will Wheaton are pretty recognizable in the whole franchise of Star Trek. So, um, getting those three stamps of approval says a lot about the movie and real and you know, like the it, it this is really a spot on you know satirical look at exactly especially in the 90s what going to some of these quote unquote conventions were before they blew up yeah. into what they are now yeah I've never been to a convention even today, oh, wow. but I feel like I'm truly missing out because especially now, it's not just the fact that, you know, Comic-Con is a San Diego thing. It's like everywhere has everywhere. their own con now. I mean, Ooh, yeah. we've got our Emerald City con and every year we seem to be getting maybe not necessarily as 
big of media attention and stuff as San Diego gets because that tends to be where the big announcements come. But, you know, we get decent name celebrities and it sells out really fucking quick. So, you know. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure there's thunder up conventions all over freaking Oklahoma City. <laughs> there, yeah, there's quite a few in Oklahoma City. There's SoonerCon is a good one. Um, we've also got a new one coming up in January. It's Anime 405, which I'm going to be at, which will be interesting. I'm looking forward to that one. Um, uh, those well, and two, two, the two cons have also branched out into their own little fandom regions as well, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, definitely. Like Supernatural branched out and did their own thing with their own Supernatural con. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously a wealth of other franchises as well have done the same thing. So, you know, cons are huge. And, you know, realistically, us nerds are the ones paying millions and millions of dollars to fund these movies. So, damn it, show us the love and give us what we want and give us environments where we can go and be with our people and spend money and see our favorite celebrities and get autographs and pictures and all of that. So if you don't do it, then Hollywood. Right. So, um, so, uh, well, I I don't think we necessarily need to go with the first question we went with last night. So, because this movie is so fucking great, but what, <laughs> is, what about um, Galaxy Quest do both of you guys absolutely love? You go first. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. I, I was always a, a Star Trek fan, um, but I don't know. Just something about this movie, it, despite the fact that it's way over the top and way overdone, it's something you could see happening. It could possibly happen, <laughs> and it's just a lot of fun. And and these, and and not just these specific characters, but the situations that they're put into, you can see happening just to anybody. Maybe not actors, but these people are regular everyday people that are suddenly in these wild and wacky situations. And it's just fun to watch their reactions because, you know, you see people and their reactions to things, and you're like. Yeah, that's what I would have done too. I would have freaked freaked out or or that wouldn't have bothered me kind of thing. So it's just yeah, just a lot of fun to see myself in some of these situations and characters and and just have fun watching it too. I love sci-fi anyway. So if I could randomly see myself beamed up on a spaceship, that would be awesome. I would be all for it. I think a lot of nerds would actually be in love with that whole idea. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Nerd who is to my right fucking camera and reverse mirror image. So, yeah, that one. Yeah, no. Uh, I'm, the I'm one that you share a house with. The one that you share a house with. Right, right. I'm, I'm going to echo a lot of what, what she said. Um, my father, who was a, a massive 
Trek fan, a massive fan of, of classic sci-fi, raised me on that stuff. So I, I have a huge respect for sci-fi um, as, as Cassandra does. So this, at its core, is a legit science fiction movie, right? But at the same time, it doesn't take itself seriously. And if you, like you mentioned, the convention scene in the 90s where you only had the hardcore geeks, right, before geekdom was cool. Yeah. And you had all these actors who didn't necessarily want to be there, but that's how they were making money. And, and some actors were known for being total assholes. Um, and they're oh, actors that I've seen since seen in person. Uh, Shatner, one of them, John Delancey, one of them, um, where they've, they've chilled the hell out and, and they're not what they used to be known for being. Um, so you, you get this, this, this quadruple whammy of legit science fiction and really funny comedy and actors doing things you could expect them to do, right? Cause they're all over the top. This was Tropic Thunder before Tropic Thunder was a thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then super fans living their best moment because all that time they spent discussing useless shit. Like, like, I mean, it's the Death Star conversation from clerks for God's sake, where it finally comes in handy because now they know how to go through the chompers. And that scene, however, was. Yeah. Badly written. Badly yeah. written. Yeah. The whole episode. So, yeah, I mean, this movie definitely captures the essence of especially those early day conventions. And on top of it, it's just, it's, it's really fucking hilarious. And so I'm not going to lie. Lines. Oh, we're going to get to that here in just a second. But, I mean, I can't get to that portion of the discussion without even referencing the fact that how much Alan Rickman stole the movie with everything that he did. And and it wasn't just Rickman. I mean, every single actor, at least of the the main cast, had moments where they took over. Uh, Sam Rockwell. (laughs) Dude, Sam Rockwell in that movie. He will always be Guy, no matter what else he plays, because of how much he stole so many scenes in that movie. Yeah, I mean, this is also at the same time that he had his brief little cameo in The Green Mile and played an amazing racist asshole. Mm -hmm. But yet, as obviously The Green Mile being one of my top three favorite movies of all time, my still favorite Sam Rockwell moment or role is still always going to be Guy. <laughs> uh, quite yeah. often, when we realize we need to go home or, or leave where we are, we we got we actually say we need to get out of here before one of these things kills guy. Yep, all the time. All the time. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> well, well, I mean, obviously, Chris brought it up, and as with every great satire clue galaxy quest whatever however you want to look at it there's always great memorable quotes so what are some of your guys's favorite quotes from this movie 
God, do we have time for that? I, mean, I know, right? Like the whole like, movie. The, yeah, the whole movie. Yeah, I, you know, that's well, a hell the, of a thing. <laughs> well, yeah, the the got to get out of here before one of those things kills Guy. Of course, we use that one all the time. Well, I mean, this is one of those movies. Like I told Amanda before, once when we were watching Clue, before we did a Clue sip lips or sip list, where she's like, "I think it was going to be top five favorite Clue moments." And I'm like, "Okay, the moments between the opening credits and <laughs> closing credits." Yeah. Right. I mean, that's how great this movie is, and that's coming from somebody who. Like Chris, my dad was a huge Star Trek nerd, but unlike him, I kind of sort of fought the system, and I was a Star Wars nerd. And well, yeah, as we all know, I went both ways. Yes, yeah. I tried for as long as I could to avoid going both ways, but starting you know, the last. <laughs> Also an acceptable answer, really. Um, yeah. But, I mean, in the last probably 15 plus years, I've mellowed out on my the two shall not mix. There will be no crossing the streams. But now, yeah, the streams kind of sort of are on a trajectory to cross at some point. Seriously, are we are we done with freezing? Yes. Okay. So, um, anyway, quotes. Um, yeah, quotes. I was trying to think of some of the ones that popped into my head because there's so damn many of them. But that's not. You guys have any? (laughs) Great, great line, great line. Um, Or like you said, whoever wrote this episode should die. Another great line. This episode was badly written. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, I've got one job on this lousy ship. It's stupid, but I'm gonna do it. Okay. Right. Right. Um. So many, so many great moments. Um. Maybe you're the plucky comic relief. <laughs> right. <laughs> plucky. Oh. Yeah, uh... Does the rolling help? It does. <laughs> yeah. And it exploded. And it exploded. Yes. That's another one we use a lot. Yeah. The <laughs> captain has saved us. There, there's a red thingy. And it's the green thingy. <laughs> I love that hole. Oh, where's the green the thingy? The green thingy. Yeah. Great. Uh, what else? Mentally going through the whole movie. <laughs> mommy, mommy. Yeah. Are we there yet? You have a last name. Do I? <laughs> Ellen Rickman turned a dis or it is interested <clears throat> into a fucking art form between to a career. That, yeah. <laughs> I, I, oh God, it was oh. Why well, Snape? <laughs> right. Right. Uh, <laughs> Mm. Excellent job, though. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it, yeah. 
I'm, Alan Rickman is a cinematic freaking masterpiece. Rest in peace. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's one of those ones that um, should always have been one of the first people to be granted immortality because <laughs> movies just will not ever be the same without him playing the bad guy or uh, questionable mysterious is he a bad guy is he not a bad guy or a disgruntled hammer for his voice for uh, what a savings yeah. right, for gps <laughs> instructions because um i would have paid money mm-hmm. to have rickman's voice as my gps <laughs> yeah i mean there's really only a couple of people who probably warrant that kind of respect alan rickman is one of them dare i throw out even morgan freeman morgan freeman oh, yeah. Sure. yeah um yeah i would have thrown it out the window after about two uses but gilbert godfried would have been great for that as well i would have made it two uses man <laughs> oh wow that's yeah. what that's what you use to fuck with somebody else's gps right like yes. you set up gilbert godfried and then leave yeah. their car absolutely yeah yeah you missed your turn. Turn around. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Another one. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> very sad. He's not going to be in Beverly Hills Cop Four. No, he evidently they're, they bring they're bringing really. back everybody for that fucking movie. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Even the Old ones Riser. that look very old and. Very fucking fat compared to the last time we saw him in the Beverly Hills Cop movie. Serge. Serge. Yeah. yeah, and Bronson, alive. Bronson Pinchot is not even the person I was referring to looking as old and fat as he does. Freaking Judge Reinhold and John Ashton. Oh, dear. Yeah, they don't look as bad as they could. I'll put it that no. way. No, they don't, but. I'll and say neither this. does I, Eddie Murphy, too. I mean, for a while there, Eddie Murphy was getting kind of big. But he's slimmed down a bit. So. Yeah, but I would definitely say this, though. When the, that trailer got posted this morning in one of my group chats, and I actually hit play and watch it, I'm actually looking forward to that coming out now a lot more Same. than I was going in. It looks definitely... Just the trailer alone, like it's gonna blow part three out of the fucking water. That doesn't take much. That's exactly what my brother said when I told him that the trailer dropped, and he's like, "Ooh, I have to go watch it." And then he went and watched. It. He's like, "Oh my god, can it be next summer already?" And I'm like, "Exactly, it's gonna blow part three out of the water." He's like, "Yeah, the bar's not really set very high on that." <laughs> I would like, call Beverly Hills Cop 3 hot buttered garbage, but that is an insult to both butter and garbage. And hotness. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I'm just looking at my list trying to make sure um, there wasn't something quote-wise that we had missed. Because, I mean, like Cassandra said, you could literally just sit here and recite the whole movie from start to finish. And I am sad that we didn't get the R-rated cut, which apparently does exist somewhere in DreamWorks vaults. Um, mm-hmm. There's apparently a more extended love scene with what's her name. 
I think it was from yeah. the uh, the deleted scenes. They show her unzipping her thing, which is why it's so unzipped later in a later scene. Yeah, and then Sigourney Weaver actually saying "fuck that" instead of "screw that." You could so read her lips. It's absolutely so bad, badly dubbed. <laughs> it was well, no, it's well dubbed. It's just they couldn't. They could. They didn't reshoot yeah. it. So I mean, the dubbing is fine, but it doesn't match up but with her, her yeah, lip movements. And there's totally... no other word they could have thrown in. No. Yeah, fire truck that. Yeah, no. Forget. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. But yeah. I, yeah, that was probably one of my least favorite parts of the era that we grew up in as kids because unless you were privileged and had the HBO and the Showtime and the Cinemax and all the paid cable channels, after you saw a movie in the movie theater, you had to wait for it to come on like ABC, NBC, CBS, and all yeah, that. I'd never see it again. Yeah. 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 And. At and the end of the credit- in theaters, it's it's a year before it gets to Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and at the if you saw it on TV at the end of the credits, you always got the whole edited for television across the bottom of the screen. God, I don't miss pan and scan. <laughs> and yeah, with that always, you know, I remember watching Beverly Hills Cop on speaking mm-hmm. of the devil on one of the big cable networks mm-hmm. when it came out and um that's one of those movies where when the quote-unquote as they're going to tell you fcc won't allow us to say those words on tv right uh, evidently they do now but um back then you didn't so and everybody knows how fluent eddie murphy was back in the day with throwing out f-bombs and all of that and the fact that you, you, none of that stuff was reshot when they dubbed in the appropriate words. Right. So, yeah, when he's telling somebody, fuck you, and, you know, it gets dubbed over with forget you. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, for one, one sounds longer, a lot longer than the other one. And, yeah, it, yeah doesn't work yeah i still have never seen and it kind of would ruin it to me at this for me at this point but the not edited for tv version of Smokey and the bandit (laughs) but the edited for tv version is so funny with the way they covered up the things jackie gleason was saying yeah that i don't know if i want to watch it unedited no yeah that would yeah kind of sort of steal the mystique away because that's one of those iconic movie characters that Sheriff Buford T. Justice. Yeah. No, yeah, no. Don't. You don't want to lose the memory of the scumbum. Edited for her TV version. Exactly. Uh, So, while I was doing my rewatch again this afternoon. He had to rewatch it. (laughs) How can you not re I mean it's a great movie, so we didn't have time, time, but it's it's one of those things that we don't have to We've seen it so a lot. I mean it's like me and Clue. 
Yeah. I could I could get Amanda on the freaking computer right now and we could literally recite the whole fucking movie for you start to finish. But um so rewatching the movie, it felt like um in some weird satirical way, this movie actually has lessons, I guess for lack of a better term, that it teaches people. About the world in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to back out of that, and so I actually took, um, did some research on said question when that was what I was scrolling through when um, I mean, obviously. One of the quote unquote great life lessons, I guess, you can take away from the movie, obviously, is the whole never give up, never surrender. How, however cliche it may be, but. That's a quote we make all, all the time. Anytime we watch something and somebody says never give up, <laughs> never surrender, right there. Absolutely the next line, yeah. Um, the other one that I really grabbed, the idea that I really grabbed onto, though, was the whole idea of, uh, we kind of sort of discussed it a little while ago, but the whole concept, of, especially back in like the 90s, where being a fan in these fandoms and going to these conventions really was something that people look down their nose at you and made fun of you for. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, what's wrong with letting people have what they love and enjoy and be passionate about the things that they love? They're not hurting anybody. So, fuck your judgmental ass and let people be and do what they love to do. Agreed. As yep. long as they're not freaking being a weird psycho like, you know, Amanda at a Taylor Swift concert. Could have just stopped at Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I had to throw the Taylor Swift jab in there because, um, uh, spoiler alert, um, I actually got DMs last night because somebody, not naming any names, <clears throat> my plobster, was drinking the wine and watching a certain movie. And when I say movie, I loosely say movie because it's really not a movie. But um, it would be the Eras concert movie. Uh, and she was sending me video clips throughout the whole duration of our conversation. So I'm going to start sending her clips of Metallica playing one and telling her how fucking wrong she was. <laughs> oh my. You're still bitter about that. Fucking number eight. Yeah. I'm going to be bitter <laughs> about that shit for a minute. <laughs> oh my. I'm not going to lie. I hope this day never comes for a very, very, very long time. But 
one of us is going to be on our deathbed and we're all going to have a big Mount Sipmore reunion of sorts to say goodbye. And the whole idea of her rating one at number eight is going to come up. And I don't care if it's us at 75, 85 years old. I know at least two of us are not going to let that one go. <laughs> Jen would probably be the one that's like, I have zero fucks to give, whatever. No, even she was not impressed with the, the number eight ranking. <laughs> no, but like we said, though, she tends to be the one that lets stuff go a lot quicker than right. the other two Her of us. claimed way faster than anybody else's do. And well, and then on top after her, it's probably your husband that's probably next in line. The two that tend to get bitter and stay bitter would be me and Cole Hoffer. I stay bitter about certain things. That's going on the fucking list. <laughs> Draymond Green. Yeah. I'm just tired of him. <laughs> I, and I'm sorry. Look, I saw I'm, that hit from night before last. That was a fucking haymaker. That wasn't that I was trying to accentuate the foul. No, he turned around and hit that guy from up high. Yeah. And that's the second time he's been ejected in like 15 games for violently attacking another player. Oh, no. I, the I only reason why he's not worse than Ron Artest is he hasn't punched a fan yet. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's kind of sort of the whole idea behind the indefinite suspension, though, now is I don't know if it's came out yet or not because I haven't read all the damn details, but I'm sure there's some kind of contingency to where the NBA is not going to lift the indefinite portion of that suspension until he gets professional help. Yeah. So, and I like Draymond as a commentator. I really do. Uh, and, and, and I, I don't hate the guy. It's just that his antics don't belong in any sport, especially where people aren't wearing headgear. If you want to slap a football player upside the helmet, by all means, all you're going to do is piss him off. Yeah, I mean, but he could have legit concussed the guy with the force he hit him with. Oh yeah, easily. And it's possible uh, Narkic or whoever it was that he hit could have flopped a little bit, but at the same time, that was not a love tap. No, he came out of freaking nowhere with. I don't care. People, I've heard people make the argument. Oh, he was just flailing. No. No, he turned no. 180 degrees. And hit the man. Yeah. I mean, I could see if he was at the same time doing it. Right. Calling it a flail. But no, he turned around. There was a brief pause. And then came the haymaker. Right. No. It, yeah, no. And, and no. If, if, you know, that's not the, we went up for a rebound. I wasn't even ahead too hard. Uh, okay. That, that's a basketball play where maybe you got a little on the edge of the rules. No, that was that was a punch or a bitch slap or whatever you want to call it. 
that was oh, a was violent a... act that was not a basketball movement. And this is all saying a lot coming from me, considering until next year, I'm a Golden State Warriors fan, and I will always support my Steph Curry. But, yeah. No. Dre needs to sit down and be sat down for a substantial period of time, and I'm not talking about five games. I'm not talking no. about ten games. I'm talking probably, probably at least. Until, the, until after the All-Star break, at least. That was my initial thought was get help, and come All-Star game weekend, we'll, we can reevaluate where you are in the process and discuss at that point whether or not you'll be back after the All-Star break or if we're going to wait another month or two. NBA handles suspensions like better that better than the NFL does because when the NFL does it, you're suspended from facilities. So you can't even be around your teammates, be around your support system, which really makes things worse. So I'm, I'm hoping yeah. the NBA handles it better so he can be around or at least be able to contact his support system mm-hmm. uh, while he's vigorously trying to remove his head from his ass. I see what you're saying because at the same time, you know, this is his livelihood mm-hmm. and he needs to be able to be ready to return to his livelihood when the time is right. Well, I don't give a shit about um, his conditioning. I just don't want him to be oh, out no. there on his own trying to deal with this shit. No, I was I was throwing I was going to throw the conditioning is part of it too, and that all can be attributed. He's got the capabilities to be able to handle that right. on his own at home, but there definitely is aspects where there is medical care, psychological care all of that linked in through the organization that, you know, he can lean on to get the help he needs. And Mm -hmm. yeah, granted he could probably find someone out in the everyday world, but the people that he has dealt with for the last, what, seven, eight years, nine years, but however long of his career are the ones that see him on a regular day to day basis. And they know, would I would have guessed would know better about what's going on and how to hopefully address this in a proper fashion. But um, for sure. Um, this is not the Draymond Green show and rabbit holes and we went down them. But back on task. So um holy crap. Again, almost an hour. Um all right. So obviously we're getting to about that time where uh, I think we should probably go ahead and give our overall assessment of the movie and rate the movie out of five, not 10, five, not 17 and three quarters, five. <laughs> uh, well, you could have said nine and three quarters and yeah, you're right. Tied it to your twinja again, but you know, Still, five, not ten, five. We love you, Jen. Yes, we do, but five. So, obviously, the five is going to become Jen's new joke compared to Amanda and her eight. 
eight. So I digress. So, um, Cassandra, would you like to go first and let us know what your overall thoughts are and rate the movie out of five? You're muted again, babe. What could have gone on, dude? Is it okay? God, stupid headset. I'm blaming the headset. Anyway, no, it's it's. No one asked you. Anyway, no, it's it's already my favorite movie, so of course I'm gonna be uh, rating it five out of five whatevers. So it's just a lot of fun. It's it's one of those movies, especially for me, because it's my favorite. That you know. You're just flipping through channels, you come across it, and you're just like, yeah, I'll put that on for background noise or, or watch that from for now. I mean, it's you can pick it up in the middle and still be just fine. And yeah, it's just a lot of fun. I agree. But I'll hold my thoughts until after the wise one next to me speaks. I love the fact he literally turned and looked over his shoulder. Right? I'm saying for somebody else joining the show. Um, <laughs> I love this movie. Uh, we love this movie. Uh, we, we actually once planned a trip to Houston around watching an audience participation version of this movie in a theater. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we, we bought tickets for us and our friends down there and then told them we were coming. <laughs> um. That that's how much we love this movie, and, and like I said, it's it's legit sci-fi, it's legit comedy, it's legit satire. There's a reason why it's a a cult classic now, is because it's got a little bit of everything for for multiple different types of fandom, while also being a love letter to the fandom. It's not mocking the fans at all. It it's it's a love letter. So this movie does a lot of things really, really well. It's a lot of fun. And thanks to DreamWorks spending the money, the effects are, are really good, especially for, for late 90s. This is just a fun, great movie. So I'm going to give this five out of five Grab Thar's Hammers. So I did pick up on something in your review. You said... you. Your friends in Houston? Yes. And you guys live in Oklahoma City? Yes. Yeah. Isn't that like a long-ass fucking drive to go see a movie? We That's don't drive. Yeah, we, we fly. Oh, well, that would probably make it that much better. Yeah. So. Well, we also I, got to see our godchildren, too, so, you know. Oh, well. And, and I guess their parents, too. Secondary, <laughs> secondary priorities. But most of all, Galaxy Quest, hello. <laughs> I mean, we all know how um, Chris feels about the children. Yeah. He just doesn't want to have his own. He doesn't yeah, like I like those two. Yeah, it's like he likes these two, but, you know. <laughs> well, again, like my whole concept with like my nephews, I can spoil the fuck out of them. And I can send them home at the end of the day and not have to deal with the aftermath. Mm-hmm. Shaking them up and handing them back is the best thing. <laughs> exactly. It's like being at a high school party and, you know, 
you take out a can of beer and somebody shakes it up and gives it to you and you don't know. And then you take off the freaking, you pull the damn tab and yeah, you get to be the one that pulls, you know, shakes up the damn beer and then hands it over to, you know, your buddy so he can pop a top and go home smelling like freaking stale bitter beer. So again, though, you guys pretty much nailed it. I mean, this is a complete love letter to being a fan of so many different, I mean, it doesn't necessarily even just have to pertain to Star Trek, but we all know that there are so many different things in this world that everybody can be fandoms of or fans of and so many different fandoms. So it's definitely something that to me feels like it, it's telling the fans it's okay to be a completely enamored fan of your particular fandom and just be and to just geek out over the things that you're passionate about. Um, I'm going to go five out of five hungover <laughs> Jason's. Just because of the fact that literally after, at the beginning of the movie, after um, he overhears the two kids talking shit about yeah. Galaxy Quest and then goes out and gets drunk after his blow up and yeah, the whole him riding in the limousine and all like uh, the foolishness. Yeah. Yeah. So, mine, mine is. I decided. I my mine is five out of five minors, not minors. <laughs> You've lost me. <laughs> we referenced that one a lot too. Yeah, minors, not minors. Yeah. Oh, some of so these. Jokes, I'm not gonna lie. Oh, and I. I hate the fact that it's actually been so long since I've actually seen this movie. I've seen it more probably in the last what, month <laughs> than I probably have in the last seven or eight years. <clears throat> so definitely the fact that um, you were willing to come on and discuss it with us, Cassandra. Thank definitely you. thank you for that as well. Best movie ever. I mean, ever? It's my favorite one, so. Okay, I'll let you have that. I mean, <laughs> we can agree to disagree, but it's still a great fucking movie. And I don't willingly give out five out of fives, and I went five out of five drunk Jasons, drunk hungover <laughs> Jasons. So I actually don't think I've given five on the show in probably over a year and a half. You picked the right movie for it. So, well, at the end of the day, it was your selection for your debut <laughs> episode. So, but it's definitely a movie that needed to be discussed because it's such a great movie. So, with all of that said, though, um, we can't wrap up the show without obviously thanking the listeners for being here. You guys are incredibly amazing and the fact that um 
This is episode 198. Wow. I can't believe three years is by the time this airs. Um, what? Ten days away? <laughs> Our 200th episode is also ten days away. So, definitely the support of the fans are incredibly awesome and you guys are the reason why myself amanda and everybody who's been a part of the show for the last three years have been here um definitely we love having chris on and cassandra is more than welcome to come back anytime she wants and pick, pick another movie as well because stargate baby she already said it we haven't done that one <laughs> you haven't done stargate okay no, i don't yeah. believe so Hi. 200 episodes and we have not well almost 200 episodes and we have not yet done Stargate, so Stargate is amazing. Oh, it's fucking phenomenal. It's one of good. my favorites. So fucking good. Yeah. So we will definitely work on getting that on the books for Cassandra's next appearance on the show. Absolutely. Um Pop Palpatine, would you like to shamelessly plug your amazing podcast? I absolutely would. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, so again, I'm the host of the One Step Paintball uh, podcast, uh, where we talk about the culture, the history, and the sport of paintball itself. Um, currently on hiatus until probably right at the end of the year, uh, but I do have episodes planned with Ryan Gray, the new coach of AC Dallas and co-host of the Coaches Show uh, podcast. Um, going to try to get an Andy Potter from die sports to talk about finding and keeping a sponsor we're going to work with jake dixon of elite sports and the elite x-ball league to talk about tournament promotion um and other things as well I, i've got some people lined up to possibly talk about the history of paintball in the oklahoma texas kansas regions um so looking forward to all those um even if you are not a, a paintball player we talk about a lot of stuff that just applies to the culture of the sport and we do have episodes talking about how to get started in the sport so uh, give us a listen i listen it's actually a very good show thank you i enjoy it so and i don't not that i don't love podcasting but i've grown and built connections with so many different podcasters it's hard mm -hmm. to get everybody's show watched right or listen to but paintball is one of the regulars that I do tend to turn on on my Spotify more often than not. So nice, thank you. Not a problem. So I'm definitely a part of your 900 listens that you've gotten in the almost year of being on the air. <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? Well, I mean, I heard half of it already. From right, her. right. She's it, it, all the stories that I've told. She's probably heard 17, 18 times. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Although I did I did tell her one uh, for the first time the other day that she hadn't heard before, which yes. I was shocked she hadn't heard it. So that was, <laughs> there is still some magic left in the relationship, come to find out. <laughs> oh. So let's see. What do we have coming up on an evening? I don't, well, obviously, so this will be releasing late January. 
and like I said, we've got 10 days to go until the anniversary episode and anniversary slash 200th episode. So we hope everybody, and that actually is planned to be a live episode on February 10th. So people can tune in and check it out. Or if they want to pop in and join us for all or part of the episode, they're more than welcome to as well. Um, February 10th. Uh, just let me know, and if you want to be a part of the episode, I can make sure you get the link on the tenth. Um, other than that, coming up uh, in February, Amanda and I are going to be spending some time looking at uh, black cinema and its effect on the culture. So um, I highly recommend checking that out. Uh, we haven't nailed down exactly every movie that we're doing yet but um it'll be a month long of definitely lots of life lessons and great guests so definitely check that out as well um either in march or april we will be doing movies that you should have movies that you should see at least once in your lifetime so check that out and also depending upon technically it's the invite is on the table for her to pick her birthday movie. I'm not saying it has to be this. More than likely, Jen will be picking Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince for her birthday movie, which is in March. So stay tuned for that as well. Because we're rapidly approaching the end of our discussion on the Harry Potter franchise. So, Crossing fingers, hopefully, by the end of 2024. We will be done with the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Not that we necessarily want to be, but you know there is a Middle Earth world that has gotten neglected over the last couple of years. <laughs> I love how, for those of you not watching, Chris is literally shaking his head from <laughs> side to side because he knows that our next step into the Middle World or Middle Earth is we have to check off the last two movies in the Hobbit franchise. I was to say the Battle of the Five Armies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't and, mind checking off the Desolation of Smaug. It's Five Armies. I, it, you know, I'm going to save that for when we when we get to that. But yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. Especially if I'm going to have to rewatch both. And I really mm -hmm. don't want to have to rewatch both. Yeah. I, I can handle Desolation, but yeah, Battle of Five Armies was something. Uh, cash grab on the level of Disney? Yeah, it yes. did three movies. Two would have been fine. Just fine. Just fine. Yeah, I mean... Well, and with all the stuff that they added, they could have taken that out and easily had movies. two movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the way you keep talking about this, babe, it sounds like you're volunteering to help with those episodes. I'm good. <laughs> oh, no, no. no. Um, I feel like we need to bring in the um, wife to bring in the knowledge that she has on the Middle Earth perspective. I mean, she's read the book, so she's definitely more more uh, more qualified. The Hobbit? Oh, it was an audio book, and I slipped through half of it. That's Hobbit still more was, than I got through. It was so hard to 
I tried reading The Hobbit so many times, and I just I couldn't do it. Can we just can we just copy my my intro from The Hobbit and just copy that over to the second one so I don't have to redo my my voiceover for walking the musical? <laughs> I I gotta freaking remember how far back I have to go in the list of the laundry list of episodes. Just say no. Uh, I think. <laughs> There, I fixed it. You don't have to. No. So hateful. So hateful. Okay. Cassandra, Cassandra has spoken. <laughs> she so, hath spake. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was definitely a lot of fun, and I definitely look forward to doing it again really, really soon. Thank you, Cassandra, for recommending and picking Galaxy Quest and coming on the show. Sorry it was late, but things. No. It, I... So after the way my year is gone, I totally get it and I totally understand. So, and truth be told, we'll just go ahead and leave it at that. Yep. But, you know, obviously, again, it took a while to get you here, but we got you here and that was the important part. So, um, I guess, I suppose, thank you, Chris, for being here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Um, I feel like we'll be back here again before we know it. So, and tomorrow. well, you're pro- probably not tomorrow. I was joking. Um, that, that, <laughs> we have to pack. Yeah, and he probably still has laundry to do. Oh. I have the same amount of laundry to do that I had starting yesterday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank God I work from oh. home. Yeah. Go really? figure. Yeah, no. six pairs of undies, six pairs of socks, three pairs of shorts, six shirts, and some dressy clothes. It's not that hard to figure out. And mind you, there's seven days in the week. Do that math. But I digress. Yeah, but I'm not traveling wear, for all of that. You can wear a shirt more than once. It's allowed. Just saying. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm wearing the same hoodie that I wore last night when. We recorded. Yeah, it's a hoodie. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, lots of fun. Um, but at the end of the day, I hope you guys all enjoyed the episode, and we hope you guys all come back for an evening. At I don't like doing this. This is Amanda's job. I'm tired of doing her job. She needs to hurry up her ass and get back to freaking work. But. With all that said, now that I got off my soapbox, um, we hope you guys all come back for an evening at the movies. Have a good week, guys.